to Psalm 6 in the Bible. It is on page 570 if you have a pew Bible. The ESV pew Bible, I guess I should say. It's on Psalms, uh, It's on page 570. But Psalm 6. He starts off, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. My eyes waste, my eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Let's pray. God, we believe and we declare today that Your Word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And God, we're asking Your Word to move among us, to awaken our hearts and our minds. God, we pray against all that Satan does to, uh, to block Your Word from sinking in. We pray against all the darkness does to try to get the light to flee. But God, we know that You are all-powerful, and so we ask You to shine Your light. Jesus, we thank You that You are the light of the world, and no one in here has to live in darkness. Not one of us in here have to live in darkness because of Your glorious light. So help us today, illuminate our hearts through Your Word, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So as I prayed over this passage today, for whatever reason, I, I thought about being in the waiting room. And if you ever um, have spent time in the waiting room, you know that's never a fun place to be. You, uh, whether you're at a doctor's office and you're sitting there for an hour uh, before you, the doctor will see you, or you're in the hospital waiting room on somebody who's having surgery, Whatever the case is, the waiting room is often a tough place to be. And you often find people pacing and uh, fidgeting and uh, don't, don't know what to do. Uh, and, and so often in life, as, as we read through Psalms, and uh, you, you find that the psalmists are in that situation a lot where they're having to wait. They're having to trust in God with all their hearts. And so I want you to think about the waiting room and the next time you're in a waiting room, take that time to really seek the heart of God 
take that time instead of just wasting it and reading a magazine or whatever else it might be. Take that, take your Bible with you and take that time. Or if you're in a situation in your life that is a time of waiting, a time where you uh, want God to do something, but it doesn't seem like it's it's He's He's doing it like you want Him to, or as fast as you want Him to. Don't waste that time, but use that time to grow closer to God. So so this morning we're going to talk about waiting room revelations. What does the waiting room reveal about us and about our relationship with God? So number one, the waiting room reveals what we fear. What we fear most. If you're in the waiting room and your life is on the line or there might be a really bad outcome to a health problem or a loved one's health problem or someone is in a serious surgery, it's going to reveal what you fear most. What is it? What is it that's your deepest fear? And as the psalmist declares in here, what he fears most in this time of waiting is God. He says, God, don't rebuke me in your anger. Don't discipline me in your wrath. The psalmist understands the power and authority of God. And who God is. And we should pray for that kind of relationship with God in our own lives. That when we're in the waiting room, our fear is not the doctor will make a mistake or that something else will go on, but our fear and respect and and awe is in God. That we believe and we can trust that He loves us. And that Jesus suffered God's wrath in our place. And so God's discipline for us, no matter what, is love. Is, uh, is, he, he disciplines us because He loves us. Not in wrath, which is going to cast us out of His presence. The beginning of wisdom is fearing God. Is to fear God. Jesus said, don't fear what man can do to you. Because all man can do is hurt you bodily. And that can be bad, don't get me wrong. And people can hurt you emotionally. And that can, deep, that can cause deep uh, wounds. But what you should fear most is God who can cast you body and soul into hell. Eternal punishment forever and ever. So in that waiting room, we need to keep our hearts set on God. That Jesus Christ is our hope. And that even if the worst happens in that waiting room, even if what we fear most in human, humanly speaking happens, it is going to be okay because God is in control. Because God is all-powerful and God is just. And God is righteous. The waiting room also reveals our need for grace. Our need for the strength of God. Our need for God's healing touch in our lives. When we're in a waiting room experience, or even actually in a waiting room, hopefully our minds begin to think about the grace of God. That He is a gracious God. Regardless of the outcome, regardless of what is happening. And also, hopefully, it shows us our need for strength. We live in bodies that are cursed by sin. And these bodies will fail us. No matter how healthy you keep your body, that certainly helps. But in the end, 
It can only buy you more years. We need the strength of God. We need the healing touch of God in our life. And and that's a lot of times what that waiting room experience is in our life. To draw us to God's grace that we like the psalmist would cry out, God, be gracious to me. I'm languishing. I'm struggling. I'm having. I'm going through a difficult experience. I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I'm falling apart. I need your healing. I need your grace. I'm troubled. He says, "My bones are troubled. The depths of me are troubled. I need your grace, your strength." Your healing. That waiting room will also expose or reveal your faith. What is your faith really in? If you have a shallow faith or a hypocritical faith, a faith that is here on Sunday, but the rest of the week your faith is checked out, then that will be revealed. Because you won't be turning to God in the waiting room, but you will be overcome with worry or sinful fears or sinful anxieties or whatever else it might be. But it won't truly be the Lord that you're turning to in your deep trouble. He says, My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord. That should be our hope and our faith. Yes, I'm in a difficult situation. I'm in this waiting room experience. I don't know what's going to happen. It's out of my hands. It's out of my control. But you, O Lord. But you, O Lord. Put your faith in Him. He says, how long? We don't know how long it's going to take, God. But we trust in Him. Let your faith be in God. Not in how long it takes or not in the outcome that you think you need best. But God's will be done. Is your your faith really that? That's your heart's cry. Even though at times I'm not going to understand it and I'm not going to like it, but God's will be done. Even if my soul is greatly troubled. We think about Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane before He went to the cross. He took the disciples up there, told them to pray. Of course, they fell asleep. And He was so troubled in His bones that He sweat drops of blood. And He said, God, is there any other way that I don't have to drink this cup of God's wrath, become the sin of people, and and, and, and die in their place, and suffer Your wrath against sin? But He says, but not My will, but Your will will be done. And that's got to be our faith that it's in God. The waiting room will also reveal the source of our hope. If our hope is in this body, if our hope is in this life only, then we're going to be crushed in the waiting room at some time. Paul says that we're, we're, we should be pitied more than anybody on earth if we say we're Christians, but our hope is only in this body and only in this life on this earth. Our hope should be an eternal hope. He says, turn to me, Lord, deliver my life. 
Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. Turn to me, Lord. That's his hope. He's turning to the Lord. He's struggling in in his bones. He's struggling. But he turns to the Lord and he asks the Lord to turn to him, to deliver him, to save him for the sake, not of my preservation, not of my needs, but for the sake of God's steadfast hope or steadfast love. That is the source of our hope. The Lord. The waiting room also reveals that we have a need to live a significant life. We want to know that. Every one of us wants to know that our life is making a difference. And the psalmist says, hey, if I die, for in death there's no remembrance of you. In Sheol, which is the Hebrew word for the grave, who will give you praise? He wants to go on praising God. He wants to go on living. He wants to go on telling people about the glories of God. And that should be our passion in our heart. Not God, give me more years so I can live them selfishly and I can do what I want to do. But God, if it's in Your will to give me more years, let me make it count. Let me live those years with significance. Telling people about Your steadfast love. Praising Your holy name. Are you living that kind of significant life? A life that is significant because you're pointing people to the eternal source of life in Jesus Christ. The waiting room is also going to stretch us It's going to stretch a person. It's going to reveal what's really in your life, what's really in your heart, what's really in your mind. If you ever try to sit still for a significant period of time, whether maybe it's an airplane or a deer stand, that happens a lot. If you're not careful, all these emotions and feelings and stir craziness start to come. Maybe it's right now sitting here in this pew. Everything starts to just come into your mind and things you haven't thought about in a long time or, you know, all these things and and you get fidgety and you just want to go do something. I just got to get busy because I can't face all these feelings and emotions and struggles. And that's what the waiting room starts to reveal. And it it starts to reveal what's really within us and all these things start to bubble up to the surface. And, and, and we've got to take those things to God. We've got to, you know, trust in Him. In our weariness. He says, I am weary with my moaning. He has cried so much, his, his couch, his bed is drenched with tears. He feels like his eyes, can't, he can't even see well anymore. He's so weak because of all the things his foes are doing to cause this conflict in his life. But what it's revealed is that he's turning to God in the midst of that. He's turning to God, you know, with all those tears. And he's trusting in the Lord. And then the waiting room also reveals who our real friends are. 
in that waiting room, he's like, get away from me, all you workers of evil. The Lord's the one that's listening to my cry. A lot of these people that claim to be your ride or die partner or whatever aren't going to be in the waiting room at the end. They're not going to be able to help you at the end or in the midst of your greatest struggles. They might give you one of those pats on the back or say some cliche or take you some flowers. But the help you need can only come from the Lord. From the God who can truly save and heal. And so in this experience, He wants the Lord. He wants all those workers of evil gone. All those pretenders. All those that have turned against them. He says, the Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. It looks like he's losing now. But he knows that God has won the victory in his life. That God has won the victory. That his true friend is God. That who he needs most in his life, even if everyone else turns against him, is God. So I want to challenge you today. Are you trusting God? For real. Not just in some phony way, but in the depth of your soul. Are you trusting God? Can you get still and be with the Lord? Try that. Try that this week. Get along with God and just be with Him and let whatever emotions come up, but don't, don't leave that spot. Set a time that you're going to spend with the Lord and talk to Him and share your heart with Him and just let whatever comes bubble to the surface and talk to God about it. Allow God to reveal Himself to you in the waiting room. Allow God to reveal Himself. If you study the Bible, Noah, he waited a long time building the ark before the flood came. Abraham and Sarah waited a long time for their promised son to be born. Jacob had to wait a long time for the wife he truly wanted. That's an interesting story. But Joseph had to wait a while before he, uh, <clears throat> was, his life was redeemed from prison and from being sold into slavery by his brothers. <clears throat> Moses waited a long time as a shepherd before God used him. The Apostle Paul went through periods of waiting room experiences. The Apostle John wrote the whole book of Revelation or received the Revelation, recorded the Revelation in a waiting room experience. He was exiled but being persecuted for his faith in Jesus, he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. And in that waiting room experience, God revealed him all this revelation to him. And then most importantly, Jesus spent time in the waiting room. He went to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and ate nothing. And the devil tempted him in the wilderness. And he trusted in the Lord. Hebrews records in chapter 12, For the joy that was set before Jesus, He endured the cross, 
despising the shames, and is seated at the right hand of God. It says, Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted. So that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted. 1 Peter 4, verse 12-14, through 14, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. And sometimes that trial is a period of waiting. As though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Are you trusting God? What is the waiting room revealing to you? And so as we close today and we have a time of invitation, we want you to think seriously about that. One day we will all be at a place where no doctor can help us. Even the brightest doctor on earth will not have a solution for what's going on in this body. No nurses can help us. The only thing they can do is give us drugs to numb the pain. Or, life will just be over like that. And are we ready for that? Is your trust in this body? Is your trust in this world? Or have you put your hope in God? And are you living in such a way that when your family gathers around your graveside, they're going to know there's hope. That you put your hope in an eternal source. And yeah, they're sad. And yes, they miss you, but they know that you're with the Lord. Are you sharing your life and living your life in such a way that when your family is gathered around your graveside, they will have the eternal hope of Jesus Christ and know that you were ready and that you lived your life shining for Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this time invitation is that. We're not trying to manipulate anybody. We're not trying to get numbers. We don't, uh, we don't receive anything from anyone. If you give your life to the Lord today, it's between you and God. But it's serious because we don't know when our last day will be. And so in this time of invitation, we challenge you. Have you gotten right with God? Your sin separates you from God. The Bible is clear about that. And it doesn't matter what that sin is or how many times you've done it uh, or not done it. It doesn't matter how good or moral you are. You were born in sin and that sin separates you from a God who is holy and righteous. There is darkness in us and there is no darkness in God. But God loves us and God loves you. And He loves you so much that He sent Jesus Christ to die for your sin. But like we read at the beginning of the service, we are all laying on that mat of sin. And some people don't want to get off of it. Some people like that mat. Some people want to be there because that's the life they know and that's the life their buddies are living. And so that's, that's just where they want to be. And you can live there. And you can die there. And you can go to hell there. 
or you can hear the voice of Jesus calling you to rise and to be saved today and to believe in Him and to put your trust in God's one and only Son for there is no other name given that we can be saved from our sin except the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other voice that can call you off of that mat of sin to be raised from the dead and to live for Him. The wages of sin is death. And that's the bad news. If we live on that mat of sin and we don't turn to Jesus, we will die and we will be forever separated from God. And there shouldn't be anybody rejoicing at our funeral. There should be nothing but sadness and misery because we are in hell. But the, but the good news is but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when we die in Christ, there should be nothing but happy tears. There should be nothing but rejoicing. For we are with the Lord. So where are you at today? As we close today, we encourage you to trust in Jesus. Repent of your sin. Just say a prayer that lets Him know you believe in Him today and you're turning from your sin today and to, from this day forward, you're making a covenant with Him. You're going to live a new life in Him. And if we can help you to pray that prayer, I'll be down here to pray with you. Or if you want to make that public to say today I'm turning to the Lord, come forward and let us pray. But we're going to close our live stream after this prayer and then we're going to sing this closing hymn. And if God's moving in your life, respond. And turn to Him today. Let's pray. God, we pray over this message and we pray that You help everyone, God, that has ears to hear today. Help us all, God, to be ready for that waiting room experience. God, help us to be ready for those trials and tribulations that stretch us and that reveal who we really are. And God, change hearts and minds today. Not by our power or our strength, but by Your Spirit, God, move as we close this service. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's stand together.